freedom fairies of the universe. Welcome back to another episode of Macro Magic with Michelle. I'm your host, Michelle Williams, also known as the Freedom Fairy on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere on the fin <laughs> everywhere on the internet you can find me. Also, you can find me at www thefreedomfairy.com. My website has just launched. Feel free to click around, explore, check out everything I have to offer, check out some testimonials, and I'm sure you'll have a great time. Oh, P.S. I didn't mention this on my podcast, but I'm going to start teaching Doween classes every Tuesday. 11.30 Pacific Standard Time to 12.30 and it's just going to be like a how you would attend a yoga class or a dance class. There's a teacher, you guys practice together and I'm going to be going over some basic Doween routines. Also focusing on specific emotions and organs and we'll also be learning a very simple song and dance uh, according to the Doween guidelines and um, yeah I'm really excited for that but anyway today oh boy today what is today today is Friday June 24th and if you're in America uh, this seemed to kind of come out of nowhere but when you look at the astrology and all the events leading up, is it really a surprise? No. So basically what I'm talking about is for the past 50 years, women have been able to get an abortion if that's what they wanted. Um, of course, in some areas it was harder to do that. Um, you know, I'm sure not everything opened up at once, how these things always go, but there was a, you know, a court case, Roe Ro versus Wade, and that's how the basically right to choose came from. And today, for some reason, I really don't know, and honestly, to be to be honestly, to be honest, I don't really care how, you know, I really, but it's important to talk about this. So the main issue is that, well, what people think the main issue is right now, because of this overruling, this new jurisdiction, whatever you want to fucking called it, call it. Um, the main issue people are upset because now women or birthing people don't have the right to choose anymore, um, according to that, to that, um, legislation. <sighs> There's so much to say. There's so much to freaking say. I started going, I started talking about this on my Instagram. 
and I, and just some more things kept coming up. And of course, you know, everyone's talking about it. Everyone's posting this and that and their own thoughts. And of course, I am seeing this and I want to respond. First of all, the very first thing you have to know is that you always have rights. You are always free to choose. No matter what so-and-so says, your government says, your religious leaders say, your parents, your friends, your husband, whoever, you always have freedom. You always do. Period. Laws are man-made, friends. Amendments, constitutions, they are man-made. They are made by man. A person made that. God didn't make that. And, and while we're on the topic, we, do you know that the, those religious texts, you know how much altering has gone on with those religious texts? So much, friends. So, even God didn't make, didn't make the religion. Even God didn't make it. It's been messed with. So you have to know, you always have freedom, you always have the right to choose. You always do. Always. Period. Regardless of anything. Now I know a question that might come up. Well, what about the law? Yeah, okay, let's talk about it. What about the law? And I have questions for people listening too that you can mull over yourself. You can think about it, you know. You can journal about it. You can ask other people in your life. You can start a conversation. You can write to me about it macro magic oh my god macro magic with michelle at gmail.com send me a dm whatever you want but i have a question for you when it comes to this law stuff what is the difference between the right, having the right to choose whether or not you want to complete a pregnancy and whether or not you want to take a vaccine or whether or not you want to cover your nose and your mouth. Now, it's kind of interesting because there are some differences, clearly, but it's kind of interesting that the vaccine and the mask limitations, restrictions, rules, they were mandates, they were never laws. I don't know, people. I'm not God, so it's very hard for me to see the whole entire world in a, 
in an even perspective because I only know my perspective as a 31-year-old woman born and raised in Southern California, constantly around a, a diverse group of people, open-minded people. Um, I do, I do come from some privilege. I do come from some prejudice. I do come from struggle and poverty. I come from a lot of different stuff. And even though, you know, I, I went to college, I have higher education, you know, and I studied macrobiotics and spirituality, I still am not freaking God, and I am intuitive, and I am empathic, and I do have psychic abilities, but like I said, I'm not freaking God, so <laughs> my perspective is limited, but it seems to me, in my limited perspective, as much as I try to increase it, um, it seems to me that it just doesn't really make sense how this happened. If 50, 50 years go, going by, and I just don't get it. Like, why did it come up again? And it's so interesting that it came up. This is so similar to the vaccine and the mask mandates. Why? Because it has to do with having control of your body. Whether or not to put what happens to your body, choices, into someone else's hands. It's the same issue. And it's just interesting that it's coming up now. And actually, I'm thinking back to my, um, to my Nine Star Key 2022 collective reading. I should have grabbed my book. But the number five, five year, the, the five house has to do with government. And has to do with health, um, but also is very a very polarizing time. A five five year is very divide and conquer, creating war. We already freaking had. I couldn't believe it, man. Not very long after I post, actually before I posted my nine star key um, reading for twenty twenty two, I had already recorded it but I hadn't posted it yet. And then the Ukraine and Russia war started. And in my reading, I was like, oh yeah, well this is typically a time for war, but I don't think a war will happen and a war freaking happened. So this, once again, you have to remember, this is yet another divide and conquer. This is yet another way to create division so people will start wars with each other. And even for me being aware of this, even me, someone who wants to make peace, it's hard not to get in that mentality. You constantly have to check yourself, constantly friends. Oh, 
Um, so there's a lot of a lot of a lot of pieces to this whole conversation. And that's why I asked on my Instagram if you guys have any questions you'd like me to answer or topics you'd like me to cover. I asked you to let me know. And if once this podcast comes out and you still have questions you'd like me to answer or topics you'd like me to cover, once again, email me at macromagicwithmichelle at gmail.com and I'll do a follow-up. And that goes for really any podcast episode. But, so let's kind of break it down. So I already started talking about um, the fact that this is very similar to the issue of mask and vaccine mandates. Very similar. Because you could really substitute a couple of words if you listen to people talk about Um, their feelings about abortion rights, if you just replace a couple of words, that's the same exact dialogue that people use when they're talking about the fact that they want to be able to choose whether or not they get a vaccine, whether or not they wear a mask. And just by presenting this comparison this I don't know what what other word you could use people already start to get upset because people cannot hear once again from my limited perspective as wide as they try to make it um, people don't want to hear anything that goes against the popular mainstream narrative why because People are brainwashed. Not to throw that word or that term around, but yes, people are brainwashed. Let's come to let's come to the reality and accept it. People are brainwashed. They are. It's true. And if your immediate thought or immediate response is okay, whatever, yeah, right. Brainwashed. The fact that you can't stop and think. The fact that you can't stop and think that you immediately go brainwash, crazy, wrong. Why don't you have the capacity to think for yourself? Brainwashed. What happened to that capacity? What happened to it? Where did you go, my lovely? Dun, 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 dun. Where did you go? I want to know, my love. <laughs> okay, sing that song to your capacity to critically think. Because seriously, where did it go? A question you can ask yourself. A question you can journal about. So, going back. These two issues are very similar. So the first obstacle is getting people, just even freaking mentioning anything that questions the vaccine, anything that questions the mask, 
anything that questions the way that people are handling corona have handled are coping coped there's already an issue so it's like how can we even begin to bridge the gap and to have common understanding when people can't even accept that you have that you could possibly have any other thoughts about the pandemic other than mask up get boosted distance quarantine which that reminds me i need to do a podcast episode about the history of western medicine specifically when it comes to dealing with mental illnesses i have to do that podcast episode it's gonna be so good people are gonna be so mad people are gonna be so mad but it's gonna be good anyway Um, so, we can't even, we can't even begin to discuss the comparison. There's just so much dividing, so much division, and so much It's really, it's a really tough spot we're in. Let's talk about some more tough spots we're in. So, a lot of people were posting some really valid points. Of course, partial. And of course, it's social media. How much can you really say in a post? On a, in a Twitter post, in an Instagram post, in a YouTube video. There's just so much to say. <laughs> Even me talking these long podcast episodes, there's still so much I have to say about cannabis. And I've already made many videos about cannabis. And there's just so much more to say. Macrobiotics, everything. There's just so much to say. Um, so anyway, people were drawing the comparison or just noting the other factors of today and how strange it is. It really is freaking strange. Um, but the fact that they were saying something like, isn't it funny how, you know, people are being forced, they're forced now to have babies, but then there's a formula shortage. Okay, there's so much to say about that. There's so much to say. First of all, formula first of all formula so I get as a formula fed baby which if people are thinking what who cares my baby's gonna turn out fine if they just drink formula exhibit a Yeah, your baby's gonna turn out fine. You want me to remind you of all the stuff I had to go through? Okay, let me 
breakdown real quick. Exhibit A, formula fed baby, depressed my entire life, anxiety my entire life, eating disorder behavior beginning at age nine, 10, severe up and down eating disorder behavior, uh, attempted suicide at age 12, um, mental, hospitalized in a mental institution uh, twice, 5150, meaning a threat to myself and others, multiple multiple uh, group therapy centers for my eating disorder, not just once, not just twice, four, five, six times. How much medication was I, want, was I on? Eight different medications for how many years? About eight years. So, oh, not to mention how much therapy did I go through? That's a lot of freaking money. So you as a parent thinking, oh yeah, that's just talking about money. You as a parent, you're getting ready to have a baby and you think, oh yeah, let me just formula feed my baby. That there's no consequence. Well, just on a monetary, monetary um, consequence, that's a lot of freaking money. That's a lot of freaking money. On top of that, you have, a, just think about how horrible you must feel when your child is going through that. And let me remind you, I'm one of four children and not to get too much into my family's business, but I was not a unique case in my family. You feel me? Me times four? Oh yeah. Yeah, let me just formula feed my baby. Yeah, there's no problem with that. What, I don't have time, my body can't make it. Yeah, formula is fine. <laughs> no, it isn't fine. It isn't fine. If you have gone through all the research, if you have equally weighed all of your options, all of your consequences that you might have to deal with in the future, and that's not even talking about the regular job of being a parent. Listen, friends, I'm not a parent, but I can only imagine based off of my own observation of my parents, other, I've worked with children, hundreds, hundreds of children I've worked with. And that, that is what got me into this field to help women so that they can have better understanding about their body, themselves, their role in humanity, in society, and the importance of their decisions for themselves and for their children, for their family because of what I saw in the kids I worked with. I knew I couldn't just continue to hold their hands and teach them how to plie. I knew there is so much more that I need to share into this world. Exhibit A, formula baby, okay? So, so let's talk about, okay, so why might somebody choose? Because it's convenient, right? Because of some of the things I mentioned before. Maybe they don't have the luxury of staying home to breastfeed the baby. Because 
I didn't know this before. I, I educated myself and I'm still educating myself about pregnancy, the creation of a child, the health of the woman, the health of the parents, what it takes to raise a healthy baby. You have to be at home with, you have to be with your baby in order to help your milk come out so that you can breastfeed. It's gonna be, your milk is gonna dry up if you're not at home with your baby when your baby's first born. And that comes into this whole other thing. So why isn't the mother at home? Well, because she has to work. And maybe some people might say, well, maybe she doesn't have to. Maybe she wants to. Once again, that's something you have to consider. Do you have the option to stay at home? Which we're gonna go into that a lot more in a minute. But do you have the option to stay home? And are you choosing not to? And now this comes into a whole other thing, postpartum depression. All of this stuff, there's just so much to it. And a lot of it comes down to women realizing the importance of their body, of their health, of their role in society, of their role in their child. Because you, that child that you create in your womb with your body, with your physical matter, with your consciousness, with your choosing of a husband or partner, which that's a whole other thing because a lot of women don't feel like they even choose. And that also brings up another topic that people use in support of pro-choice, which is, well, sometimes the women, they get raped. You know, it's not, it's not um, their choice in some situations. Which I totally understand and of course, in that case, this is why I think women should have a choice. But the thing is, most cases of abortion, that kind of situation is very a very small percentage. Now that's not saying, oh, let's just forget about it because there's a whole reason why that is happening too. And it also has to do with health, the health of a man. And why, why does that even happen? Which for a, a brief, a brief look into it, you can go to my podcast episode called Fake Meat. And the gist of it is don't freaking eat meat. That's the gist of it. But if you want to learn more, go to that podcast episode. I talk more about it. So, okay, so then, so then, okay, let's say, fine, the woman chooses to go to work and not stay home with her baby. So then her milk dries up and her baby has to be formula fed. Now, I am the freedom fairy. You are free. I really believe that. That's the whole point of 
my podcast is the that's the whole point of this specific episode you are free to choose you are always free to choose but you have to make sure women or birthing people you have to be make that decision for your career is your career more important than the proper development the health and the happiness of your child because once again if you think oh it's fine i'll just i'll just formula feed it once again formula baby exhibit a and i i know that that a lot of women don't have that choice because maybe they're single mothers maybe they're the main breadwinner maybe whatever the reason it's not really by choice that they go back to work it's out of necessity because they really feel like how else am I gonna pay the bills how, you know people watching my um, video version I have dead skin on my lips and I know that's I know that's a condition and also I just pick the skin off my lips like I used to pick out my pimples you see <laughs> when I used to be depressed and the dairy and the sugar was coming out of my my um, lungs and my cheeks same thing happening with my lips but anyways except I don't know if it's I don't think it's dairy and sugar who even knows that's a whole other podcast but so then we go into okay the, the workplace the fact that our society is not set up to support mothers. And a lot of people would say that forcing women to have their baby is not prioritizing mothers, which I could see that. But let's just go back to the workplace. So people don't have paid maternity leave people there's just not a lot of understanding and it's so crazy but it's but it's when we think about it is it really that crazy in our hyper masculine capitalist modern america is it really surprising it's not So this is again why I'm like middle finger to the system and work for yourself. Find a different way. Find a different way. But it goes back to are you brainwashed? 
are people brainwashed? Because when people are brainwashed, they see no other way. Well, I, I have to work. Well, I have to get back to work. Well, I can't. I have to. I didn't even think about, I didn't even mention this part, but when you leave your baby, who's going to take care of your baby? Hopefully, you have some trustworthy family members, but some people, their family is not trustworthy, and some people don't. So then what, in that case, so who are they going to leave it with? Basically, a stranger? First of all, that costs money. And second of all, a stranger. You don't know who that person is. And what damage, whether it's a family member or not, what damage could be done to your child when you're not there? Severe lifelong damage can be done. Abuse of all kinds can be done. Because you are entrapped in a system. And I know what people are going to say, well, the system has changed. Yes, but in the meantime, you're just going to go along with it and put your baby at risk. Put yourself at risk. Friends, when you're putting your baby at risk, you're putting yourself at risk. Do you realize that? A lot of people don't freaking realize that. Because they're so brainwashed. I just gotta get back to work. I just gotta get back to work. Which is really sad. And I'm not discounting the fact that it it is very financially unstable when you're not a part of the system. That's why they have so many things in place to make sure you're a part of the system. Because without being in the system, no one ever talks about what else you could do, what other alternatives. No one ever talks about it because they don't want you to do it. Because then you'll have more freedom. You'll be able to support yourself, live your best life. That doesn't fit into the agenda of making you a slave for the powers that be. Do I have to name them? <laughs> People tell me not to name the powers that be. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. You know who I'm talking about. The people that you, the brainwashed people hold as messiahs, as saviors, as lords. They are, they're freaking over overlords. Politicians, scientists, spiritual leaders, these people are just people. They just have a freaking job. Just like you have a job. You have as much power as they do. Are you a human? Yes, they are a human.
Yes, you have the same amount of freedom, the same amount of authority, the same amount of rights you do, no matter what a piece of paper says, no matter what society says. You have the same value in this world. Just because they have been indoctrinated in a certain way and have been trained in a masculine, capitalistic way to deal with you, not in a loving way, doesn't mean you have to bow down to them because you're afraid and you don't know anything else. This is bringing up friends, if you've listened to my podcast series, Medicated Michelle, I just think about this sometimes. I kind of realized it. I think subconsciously, but consciously, I just realized it not too long ago. I was telling somebody about my story. But it was basically, I had already done the worst. The worst thing I could ever do in the eyes of the medical community. I I had done the worst thing, which was go against my doctor's orders. I took myself off of medications. I had already done the worst. I had spent years following their orders blindly. And even when I started to feel some doubt, I still followed their orders because I didn't know what else to do. This was the only way I saw. This was the only way that anyone around me supported. No one ever told me anything different. But the more that I kept on that path, the more that I was like, this is not right. I have to do something different because clearly nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. P.S. They still don't. And I don't know if they ever will. Maybe in a, a thousand or two thousand or more years. Maybe. But at that point, when I finally came clean to my psychiatrist and to my therapist, I was like, well, I already did the worst. I already have done the worst. So anything, it doesn't matter what the fuck I do. So I told them off. And from that point on, any other time, a psychiatrist, a therapist, one of those people in power try to control me, gaslight me, whatever those control manipulation tactics are. I call them out on their fucking bullshit. So there's a point you can get to when you've already done the worst what is the worst that you could do in this situation now you don't have to do the worst but there's a point what is the worst you could do have you already done it well it's basically now you're free that's basically what it is now you're free and it's sad that you had to get to that point and maybe you don't have to but for some people, maybe in their spiritual journey, they had to. I think maybe I had to, to get to that point. And so after that, I said, you know what? Doctor, beep, fuck you, bitch. I don't 
told her that. I told her that. Look at how happy I am. I told her that. I said, it's your fucking, it's your fault. It's your fault. How many times did I come in here and tell you what was happening? How many times did you ignore me that you dismissed me? And now I went off the deep end and it's this big old mess and oh, Michelle did something so wrong. Bitch, you did something wrong. Actually did a lot of things wrong. And she's probably to this day doing things wrong and making money off of it. Although I don't know if she's alive or how well she's doing because when she was my psychiatrist, clearly now, knowing what I know, she was not in the best condition. And also, that makes me, as much as I talk shit, I do have compassion for her. She probably did the best she could. And honestly, I would say the majority of these overlords, they probably really believe in what they're doing. <laughs> they probably really believe they're doing the right thing. Which, can you blame them if they're brainwashed? Just like I felt like I had no other way, they probably feel like they have no other way either. So it's like, whatever. It's still fun to say fuck you. <laughs> it's still fun to, uh, to just, I don't know, it's fun in a way, but it's also really, it can be really upsetting to think about that. You know, if you've ever been in that kind of a situation, you know, I feel like that's probably one of the worst. It's like comparable to being raped by, um, by a religious figure or, you know, a teacher or a family member. It's probably comparable to that. You know, you really trusted this person. You really thought they were gonna help you. And they literally did the opposite. And, and it, it changed, it changed my life. And in a positive way, it's like, it opened my eyes, you know, to what, you know, what that whole system is about and gave me perspective on when I learned how to heal with nature and macrobiotics and spirituality. But in another way, I can't lie, friends. I'm still dealing with that trauma. And I hope to release it. it doesn't serve me anymore to have that those memories of fear and helplessness and feeling unsupported and feeling, feeling alone even though to this day I have people who love and support me that was abuse that was medical abuse which fits perfectly with this topic. So, sorry I went on that tangent, but I felt like it was pertinent. 
you know, placing these restrictions, mandates, laws on what, on what we can do with our body. That's like saying, even though this wasn't the case and this isn't the case, but it feels like the case, when you go to the doctor, doctor, I'm sad. Okay, let me give you pills. That's how it went. That's how most people who have ment mental issues, that's pretty much how it goes when they talk to their doctor. It's a less than five minute transaction. And then it begins a whole series of events that are unnecessary and only benefit the doctor. Actually, I shouldn't say only benefit because those doctors are building up bad karma. Horrible karma. Horrible fucking karma. Something, something to think about if you're in that profession. Which I can't even imagine. If I was, if I was a doctor, a nurse, someone in that field now, and you really think you're helping someone by prescribing them pills, by cutting them open, are you really helping them? And then to come to the realization that you're not, that you're actually causing more harm? I couldn't, I couldn't even fathom. I could not even fathom how that must feel, how horrible that must feel. Which also makes sense why they cling so hard to their indoctrination. Because what is the alternative? That they'll realize that their whole life, their whole belief system was a lie? That's sad, man. That's horrible. Really sad. Horrible. I feel like those words don't even cover the amount of... Horrible feelings. Guilt. I feel like most people wouldn't be able to handle it. That's huge. But, I mean, this is kind of what I think, and I was thinking about this before I recorded this podcast. I was thinking about it. You know, as much as I get riled up or get upset because of whatever is going on in the world, whatever happened to me, whatever is going on with someone that I love, you know, it's like, It really is out of our hands. It really is out of our hands. In a way, it is in our hands, but in another way, it really is out of our hands. <laughs> There's a lot of things that are in our hands, mostly, pretty much, that only have to do with us. We can't really control the destiny to the full fullest extent. We can't even control our own destiny in the fullest extent <laughs> we can control it the most within ourselves but even within ourselves there's still stuff up to the universe as a whole thing but that is actually a lot of people might see that as oh and make it they might feel worse knowing that there's pretty much not that much we can do but to me, it's actually really freeing to know it's really not my problem. It's really not my place. 
which is like like I said it can be sad because it's like man I wish I could do more whatever whatever I know all the answers but at the same time you have to know other people they also have their own freedom and their own opinion their own karma their own spiritual journey their own lessons they have to learn in this life that's why I think is it really up to me to teach my doctor a lesson no it's really not <laughs> my doctor taught me a lesson thank you doctor doctor devil but it's really not up to me and you know what if she was that way with me bet your bottom dollar she was like that with a whole bunch of other people and let me tell you something I was not the craziest person she dealt with as crazy as I was I was not the craziest person she dealt with I know that for a fucking fact I was gonna say another cuss word you know what's funny my podcast all my episodes say clean but I be cussing and I don't really care freedom of speech Okay, um, so, yeah, so it's like, I mean, that's something I hope that you guys can think about, too, is like, when you start tossing and turning at night, anxiety over the world, have peace in knowing that, you know, the world is going to be the world. You know, you can't really control all that other outside stuff. Even our votes. Oh my God, that's the biggest scam in the world. That's the biggest. Oh, I should do that TikTok. That TikTok trend that's happening right now where the girl's like, what's the biggest scam that's become so normalized? People don't even realize it's a scam. Politics voting the biggest scam in the world and that's why you know people today just talking about this Roe versus Wade abortion rights like how did it even come up again how did it get overturned what even how did that happen and what makes us think that we have the power to change that I mean, I think the only way that we could have real power is if the whole system of politics comes crashing down. Because it's all built on corruption. None of it's real, friends. Do you know that? Am I speaking to more brainwashed people? Do you know that politics is a lie? That our votes don't matter? It kind of goes along with what I already said. A politician is not a savior. You still have freedom, regardless of who you vote for, regardless of who's in power, regardless of what the law says, regardless of anything, you still have control. I mean, I only have nine more minutes on my um, podcast. So I don't know if I'll continue this, but that brings me to that's the whole reason why I made my patreon and what I already talked about is that I saw 
so many children suffering with so many different things that as a ballet teacher, it was not my place to get involved in that. But as a leader in holistic health, it is within my power to educate women on how to take care of themselves, how to empower themselves, how to literally create a new world with their bodies, raise a new society within their children, as well within our power. That is well within our power. And that's why I have my Patreon, patreon.com slash the underscore freedom underscore fairy. P.S. If you're interested in doing my domain classes, if you're on the highest tier in my Patreon, which at this moment is the fairy sister tier, which is $20 a month, you get free access to those domain classes. Whereas usually one domain class is $25. So $20 for a whole month of Doween, plus the extra content that you get on my Patreon, I think that's a pretty good deal. I might increase the price, I might add another tier, because that's kind of a ridiculous deal. <laughs> I might increase the price, so that might come later. But regardless, sign up now to the Fairy Sister tier on my Patreon. This is the whole reason behind my Patreon. This is the whole reason behind what I'm doing so that we can build a better society, more self-reliant. Get down to the real shit. What do you have control over? Yourself, your body, what you create. That's what you have control over. You don't have as much control over this outside stuff. And I mean, it's, you know, people, women, they have miscarriages all the time. And a lot of people, you know, scientifically, maybe they know, maybe they don't know. But what you eat has a huge, huge impact on your ability to create a child and to, and to carry it into the world. So this Roe versus Wade, can we have an abortion, can we not? I mean, this, this is kind of getting dark, but my own belief system changed. Um, when I was younger and I was learning about abortion in high school, in my health and, health and careers class, you know, we learned about safe sex and STDs, and we actually learned about eating disorders too. Weird, but anyway. Why didn't we learn about depression, but we learned about eating disorders? Weird. Weird. Anyway, um, you know, when I first heard about that, I was like, oh, so if I get pregnant, I'll just have an abortion. And that's how I was. <laughs> it's kind of messed up, but I would talk about that kind of a lot. And I don't really know why I did that. I think I just wanted to get a rise out of people. Because people would act, have a reaction to that. Like, oh my God. But I used to think that. I used to think if I ever had an, had an preg unwanted pregnancy, I would just have an abortion. In my little 14-year-old mind. 
But as I got older and I realized the effects of my eating disorder and I knew more women with eating disorders, you know, one of the things that can happen is you lose your menstruation, which that did happen to me. And it really scared me and it made me realize how precious that um, function of my body was. But it also made me realize that if I ever wanted to have an abortion, that I could give it to myself by starving myself. Which is not, I don't think that's really considered an abortion. I think the doctor would just consider that a miscarriage. And if that's something that people are upset about too, like, oh, what about miscarriages and other complications in birth? That doesn't count um, in this overturning of the abortion rights. It doesn't count. So technically, like I said, you still have freedom. You still have rights. You always do. Just because it doesn't involve a fucking doctor which that's a whole other, oh my God. That's a whole other series of podcast episodes. The doctor and the pregnant woman. This is just, I have three more minutes left. There's so much more to say on this. I feel like I talked a little bit here and there. There's so much more to say about about this, so much more. So if you have any topics, any questions you'd like me to cover in a future episode. I would love to talk about it. I still have more I'd like to say. Thank you so much for listening. And please move forward in this world knowing you have power, you have authority over your life. Go to patreon.com slash the underscore freedom underscore fairy. Join my Patreon. Be empowered. Go to thefreedomfairy.com. Look at my website. Subscribe to this YouTube channel. Subscribe to my podcast. Thumbs up. Rate five stars on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Peace. Love you. Hey, I wanted to give you a heads up. In 2022, I'm going to be starting a new series on my podcast called Peace Talks. And in this series... I am going to be addressing some difficult situations that you, the listeners, send in. So the whole point of this series is to help people see where they can make peace within difficult situations, difficult relationships, differences of opinion, differences between two people, how Instead, we can change the energy from being tense to being peaceful and being more loving and more receptive. So if you have a difficult situation in your life where you would like to make more peace between you and somebody else, you and a group of people, because you think differently, because you come from different backgrounds, send in your situations and your questions 
about how to make it more peaceful to the email address macromagicwithmichelle at gmail.com. And in an upcoming episode, I or my guests and I will be addressing your situation and help you to make more peace. This podcast is made possible in part by my patrons over on patreon.com slash the underscore freedom underscore fairy. You can sign up to be a patron yourself and donate to support my message. Video versions of Macro Magic with Michelle podcast are available for you to view on YouTube on my YouTube channel, The Freedom Fairy. You can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at the underscore freedom underscore fairy. You can also join my Facebook group, Sacred Space for Sensitive Women. If you like what I have to share, please rate five stars and subscribe to this podcast. Think differently and live peacefully. Welcome back to another episode of Macro Magic with Michelle. I'm your host, Michelle Williams, also known as The Freedom Fairy on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, everywhere on the internet you can find me. Today, we're continuing the series, Medicated Michelle, and I'm going to talk about how I ended up coming off of all of these medications. So, so far, we've gone through all of my medications that I took for my mental illness. And this episode is going to be talking specifically about that. How did I come off of those medications (coughs) prescribed collectively over the years by many different psychiatrists for my mental illnesses. I'm starting to cough. (coughs) I think it's because the story needs to come out. And I was also... I was also listening to a (coughs) a binaural beats Wow, the story really needs to come out, man. Oh my god. Very interesting. Wow. This is a somatic experience. (coughs) I really don't cough, people. (coughs) Wow. Sorry, friends. (coughs) Hope this won't be too hard for you guys to listen to. (coughs) (coughs) Whoa! People! Okay. So. This is not medical advice. I'm not advising anyone to do this specifically. And of course, If you have a doctor 
that is willing to work with you to come off of your medications, please do that, especially for benzodiazepines, especially, especially, and especially if you've been on them for quite a while. Um, but I really didn't have that option. I wanted to sit down and do the math, both for the therapists I've, I've worked with and both for, actually, the therapists I've worked with, the psychiatrists I've worked with, and the nutritionists I've worked with. Just remembering how many did I see, actually, and how many I felt were actually helpful. Because let me tell you something, it's a small percentage. I've seen a lot of these specialists and only a couple few were helpful. So, and that kind of goes with the previous episode I talked about um, the medication that I will not name. You know, I talked about how the struggle of trying to find a therapist, a psychiatrist, a nutritionist that fits with you, that you trust, that works well with you, that you feel helps you, that struggle, you don't need. <laughs> you don't need that. You already have a mental health issue. That's enough of a struggle. So you don't need the struggle of working with people that are supposed to help you that instead make things worse. So listen to that episode if you want to hear more on that. But, um, so, so yes, so I, I personally have never worked with a psychiatrist that was open to taking me off of medication. And once again, I need to do the math. How many psychiatrists did I actually work with? Off the top of my head, I want to say... I'm just gonna say around 10 different psychiatrists I saw. Out of those 10, none of them wanted to help me come off of medication. They all had the mentality, well, you have a chemical imbalance, you need to be on these meds for the rest of your life. That's what it was. And that's what a lot of psychiatrists, that's what they think. And not just psychiatrists, but therapists also think that because like I'm, I said in previous podcast episodes, they're connected. They always have each other's backs. The therapy industry is very connected to the psychiatrist, you know, and it's very hard when you're struggling with medication. When you have a psychiatrist that basically doesn't believe you, doesn't hear you. And then you also have a therapist because you're talking to them about how hard it is. The therapist also doesn't believe you, you know, basically gaslights you it's because they're all in it together. So it's extremely difficult. I understand, girl. I, oh, please, I understand. I understand. It's very hard to get support with this specific issue. But like I said, just because I've never experienced that support doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And I can give you guys some people that I think might help you um, if, if you're looking for that. But I think 
you know, my story is not uncommon. There are people who went through this. And also, if you can't find someone, well, let me also say this. I, I am also someone that can help you. I am also someone that can help you. But just by listening to this podcast episode, I don't think you should try to follow what I did in this story. You know, because I did it because I had no other options. I did it this way. Yes, it was a risk. 1000%. I admit it was a risk. But I ended up here. <laughs> so um, obviously it was okay. It went great. It was, you know, for the best. But that doesn't mean that if you do exactly what I do, what I did, that you'll have the same result. You need to have support, whether it's from your psychiatrist, therapist, another kind of doctor, you know, another kind of health professional, whether it's from me, you need support and you need a lot of support when you go through this. This is like coming off of, this is literally coming off of drugs. It's the same thing. And I've said that before in other podcast episodes. It's literally coming off of drugs. The same way a heroin addict will come off drugs, the same way um, any other kind of drug addict or any other person who struggles with substance abuse is the same thing. You have to have support, a lot of support. And yeah, some people do do it by themselves and they're fine and it works out. But you, you don't know, you know, you just don't know. So really try to get some support before you go on this on this journey but um so I, yeah i just wanted to say that disclaimer so that you know people don't do things and end up <laughs> in a really bad situation so you can go to my website thefreedomfairy.com if you would like my support in your journey and you can also write me an email on my website um if you would like help with you know someone that someone else who can help you like a psychiatrist I know hey I know people I got cancer a cancer stellium in the 11th house I've got a network I know people um you know I know some good psychiatrists I know some good nutritionists I know some good therapists and I know some good macrobiotic counselors even me and other people so I acupuncturists I know herbalists I know there's many people who can help you so don't feel like you're alone but anyway, here we go. Here's a story. So the year was 2014. If you guys have been following this medicated Michelle series, the first medication I ever took for my mental illness was Prozac and that happened in 2006. So now the year that I came off of drugs was 2016. Um, so I had been on medication for a total of eight years. Yeah, eight years exactly. Um, before I tell you how I came off for good, I'm just gonna remind you that I had attempted to come off of one medication, um, Zyprexa, in 2012, uh, no. It was actually 2011, 
but I, it was wildly un unsuccessful and um, I was not in a good place on many different levels. You can listen to that podcast episode um, called 15 milligrams Zyprexa. So I tell you that story and basically, you know, I had been trying to take myself, taper myself, myself off of Zyprexa on my own after years of me expressing my concerns with the effects I was experiencing to my psychiatrist, multiple psychiatrists, mind you, multiple therapists. No one listened to me. They all get gaslit me. Typical, typical Western medicine behavior, Western thinking behavior, typical, standard. Um, and no one was listening to me. Meanwhile, I kept experiencing these side effects even worse and worse and worse side effects even worse I saw no way out except for me taking my taking the power in my own hands and tapering myself off and I had really you know really no guide really no experience basically following my own intuition and um, it was not a good time I was still on other medications Prozac Advan Lamictal um, and then some other medications for my acne, um, antibiotics, but, but, uh, it all cumulated, cumulate, cumulated, cumulated, um, in a really bad situation, a really bad, I was in a really toxic relationship with a guy and something happened, um, and I just lost it and, because of that, I stopped taking care of myself and I completely stopped not only Zyprexa, but I stopped taking all my other medications. And uh, that was not a good time. So once again, listen to my podcast episode called 15 milligrams Zyprexa so you can find out more. So that was not a good time, you know, and I had to come clean. I had to come clean to my psychiatrist and my therapist, but you know, it, it really was all for the better because I was able to get back on track in a way. Um, but you know, one of the medications I took, Ativan, that's a, like I said, it's a benzodiazepine, which those are really the most dangerous ones. Um, when you're coming off of medication, those are the ones you have to be the most careful with because I'm just going to say it, some people, that's the end of their life. You feel me? And I feel like I can't really say the word because censorship is so rampant in social media right now, but skull and crossbones, that's what, what can happen to you um, when you stop taking benzodiazepines. So that's that's why if you take one of those kinds of medications, super important that you have a team. I mean, regardless of what medication you're on, you have a team, but especially that one's most serious. And I didn't learn that until literally a couple months ago. So basically I could have died. Oops. but I don't know, for whatever reason, maybe because I was younger, maybe because 
in the bigger scheme of things, I wasn't on it for that long. I know people who have been on medication 50 plus years for their mental illness. So in the grand scheme of things, I wasn't on, on them for very long. Um, and also maybe because, you know, I have a stronger constitution. I really don't know. The grace of God, I really don't know. But thankfully I survived. And like I said, it was kind of like a reset in a way. I was able to modify a little bit my healing journey and it ended up working out for the best. But, you know, I had to go back on medication because I really, you know, <laughs> that's just what, you know, at the time, that's just, that's just uh, what I knew and that's what I thought was best. And so fast forward to 2014, I'm out of college. I had already been out, I graduated in 2012, so, by 2014, um, I had just started working at, at the ballet studio that I was working at for five years. Um, and also in 2014, I had a life-threatening experience with my abuser. I have a video about that. Um, you might have seen it on my YouTube channel. It was up for a while, but I took it down, uh, partly because, you know, it's a family issue, um, and partly because my astrologer, you know, and it's a family issue meaning like, you know, I don't, I, re I really just don't want to, I just, I just want to respect people's privacy. And even though I didn't mention the person's name, you know, I just, I just felt like I, I needed to respect their privacy. Um, and it, it really doesn't help either that my abuser still gaslights me to this day and she denies that it ever happened. Um, it's a whole, it's a whole complicated story. I feel like I'm going to cry. Um, but anyway, that's how I also became homeless. I think the story is called uh, How I Ended Up Homeless. So it was a result of that, that life-threatening situation with my abuser that had been abusing me my entire life. Um, and anyway, so I, I took that video down. I might put it up on my Patreon. Um, you know, it's more private. Um, so I might do that. I actually have a couple videos that are very sensitive subject matter that I think, you know, I, I have used to be public, but then I privated them because that same situation, I just felt like I need to respect, you know, the other people involved. So, um, and people could say, well, Michelle, they didn't respect you, but it's like, so, so what? So just because someone disrespects me, that means I need to disrespect them? No, it doesn't mean that. <laughs> um, you know. But anyways, this is becoming a different thing. So just, um, you can sign up to my Patreon and uh, you might see those videos up there. But anyway, so 2014, I had this basically life-changing career start. Um, then I also had this 
life-threatening experience that forced me to be homeless, basically. Um, and it was just a huge time of change in my life. I think it was a four-tree year for me. Um, but so, so I got the job in 2000, or, um, January 2014. I, had the, I became homeless in March 2014 and I stopped taking medication October 2014 so this was a huge year for me so what happened was when I graduated from college I had you know pretty much immediately after I graduated I checked myself into another eating disorder uh, program and this was this was the second time I was coming into a higher level of care because I had already, I had been to, I mentioned a group program that happened at night a couple of times a week. I had been going to a program like that on and off for a couple of years. I, at one point I checked myself into this higher level of care um, program that I came in the morning and I left at night. It was an all day program. And then, um, so that year, you know, that last year of college was extremely difficult for me. Um, I mean, that's when I had tried to take myself off of Zyprexa. That's when, um, you know, I had that situation. And I had wanted to leave school to go into a higher level of care for my mental illness, but my my mother wouldn't allow me basically so i really struggled that last year of college a lot and i i talk about that in that um episode um 15 milligrams cyprexa that i really encourage you guys if you're in a difficult situation with your health you need to prioritize that over anything over your school, over your work, and yes, over your family. I'm going to say it. Yes, over your family. You need to prioritize your health above all. When you're in a really critical state, you need to prioritize your health and you need to do whatever you can to help yourself get better. Because if you don't focus on your health, you're not going to be here. How are you going to be there for your family? How are you going to be there for school? How are you going to be there for work? You can't. What's the point? You have to focus on your health. So anyway, so I, you know, barely graduated college. Um, I think a lot of, a lot of the reason why I ended up being able to graduate is because I had a lot of the same teachers um, throughout the years and they had seen me struggle. And I think honestly, they just felt for me and they just, you know, maybe if, if I was a normal student, they would have failed me because it's like my attendance, my performance, participation, whatever, it was not up to passing. But I think because I had teachers that saw me struggle the entire time I was in college, they're just like, eh, we'll just let her pass. But I, I, I really, once again, it was a miracle a miracle that I um that I did that and it's like a whole thing because I really felt bad that I didn't do better 
that's a whole other episode, but so as soon as I graduated college, um, right, right around the end of the, up until I graduated, you know, I had a situation where I passed out in class because I wasn't eating, because I had no appetite, um, because the medication, you know, because, and then I couldn't, I wasn't sleeping, I had lucid dreams, I had sleep paralysis, I had demons visiting me, I had insomnia, it's just like, I couldn't, I, I couldn't, you can't maintain that, you can't maintain it, and I passed out in dance class, I got a concussion, um, but, but, so, I was thinking around that time, like, I really, I really, I really need to do something about this because I freaking passed out, you know, and I was really afraid. When am I going to pass out again? Because I wasn't expecting to pass out and I had never passed out prior, you know, it, so I was just really concerned. Like, am I going to pass out while I'm driving on the freeway? What's going to happen then? You know, and why am I working so hard to recover from my ED? Why am I trying so hard to live, to just pass out on the freeway and my life has ended on the freeway? Like what? You know, I, I, and I was graduating school. So I just thought to myself, you know what? I gotta, I gotta take care of this. I gotta go back to a higher level of care and really get over this and so I went to that higher level of care from um, from July 2012 and I left um, October no uh, November 2012 so you know my parents they It's kind of complicated, and again, I don't really want to say anything negative about my family, but I'm just going to say they did the best that they could with me, you know, with supporting me in my healing journey, um, especially my mom. But I have to say, too, I really didn't want their support because I felt so, like, like they were against me. So it's like, even if my parents were more supportive, more more involved, I feel like I don't even know if I would have allowed them because even the amount that they were involved, I was very uncomfortable. But basically they thought, okay, Michelle's in a program. You know, they didn't really bother me too much about getting a job. I mean, they did a little bit. They didn't really, you know, they're just like, okay, she's in a program. But as soon as I got out, you know, it's like, get a job, get a job, get a job, get a job. And, um, you know, I graduated with a dance degree. <laughs> so not saying, so we all know at this point that just because you have a college degree doesn't mean you're going to get a job. And also, just because you have a degree in a certain subject doesn't mean you'll get a job with that certain subject. 
it's just a whole thing but I don't think my parents really got that I don't know if they still get that but um, and the other thing was um, of course I wanted to have a job because I was living at home with my abuser so of course I wanted a job duh <laughs> a job meant I can leave and I can be safe but um the other thing too was like I was not in a good condition that people would hire me like I said I wasn't sleeping even though by the time I ended up leaving that higher level of care even though my eating was more regular it still wasn't healthy I mean I was still eating foods that contribute to my illness that contribute to a chaotic energy and people can see that they can sense it even if they're not consciously aware like oh she's chaotic they just feel something is off with this person you think they're really gonna hire them no they're not and the other thing I had really bad acne and um, you know so that made that I wore a lot of makeup um, and it didn't look good you know it didn't and not saying that um, it's just that's part of it you know and it, I mean it didn't help that my my father let me know about that you know um, and it was just very a very discouraging time I kept on going on interviews all the time interview interview never got a job for almost two years I went on interviews 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 and never got a job um, meanwhile I'm still on all these medications and I told you one of my medications cost a hundred dollars every month and that was just one medication so it was that one medication like I said I was on and that medication was Lamictal because at the time it was new it's a whole effed up system I'll have to tell you about it later when medications are new it's a whole thing it's a whole thing anyway so yeah Lamictal was a hundred dollars Zyprexa was uh, I think the rest of my medications were between five and fifteen Zyprexa so Lamictal Zyprexa the medication I will not mention Ativan oh wait not Zyprexa I was off of Zyprexa by then sorry Lamictal was a hundred dollars the medication I will not name was the replacement for Zyprexa. I was between five and fifteen dollars, I think. Uh, Ativan between five and fifteen dollars, and Prozac between five and fifteen dollars. I'm pretty sure. So those four medications plus all the other medications I was on for my acne. Um, so six medications a month. So $100 plus these other medications that also cost more money plus, so that was maybe like what? Let's just say like around $200 a month for my medications plus visits to the um, psychiatrist every month, which I mean, it's a whole thing, but I, I mean, yes, I still, I was still on my mother's insurance, but it still costs money the co-pays and all that stuff and what do you call it you know the money you have to pay in the beginning before it's free or whatever 
free. Um, and then weekly visits, so that's the psychiatrist, then weekly every month, then weekly visits to the therapist, which at the time, at the time I was seeing this therapist that I really did not want to see, but she was working at one of the group therapy places that I was going to. And she offered, oh, what a privilege. She offered, well, Michelle, you can come see me, like, individually. But she doesn't take insurance. So it was more expensive to see her every week. And also, I didn't want to see her. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So hundreds of dollars every month for me to try to upkeep. And this, friends, this is not just at this time. This was the same program, the same hundreds of dollars every month since I was 16 years old. And then on top of that, like I said, I would go to these programs way more expensive. Even with health insurance. And so I'm out of college. I have a college degree. My parents are like, Michelle, you need to pay for your own therapy. And you need to pay for your own medications, your own psychiatric appointments. And I was like... I, with what? I don't have a freaking job. So, I guess, um, like I said, in the beginning of the year, you have to pay um, whatever, the deductibles or whatever. And then, at a certain point, you're done paying for it. So then, I guess, technically, the rest of your visits for the year are free. But... <laughs> At a point that ran out and like how I was paying for my um, therapy I it wasn't like I couldn't schedule the therapy every week because it's like where am I gonna get this money from and yeah I was in I was also be, you know trying to become a makeup artist so I would get a, a handful of makeup jobs a year and then of course I try to do other things to make money like you know sell things you know, sell my clothes, you know, just sell whatever I thought had value, um, you know, recycle, like, I really, I really, um, didn't have a lot of money, so I couldn't see the therapist every week, it was random, and it's also like, how am I, if, if a, ther if a, the therapist was someone I connected with, you know, even if you have a good connection with the therapist, you have to go every week. It can't be random, you know, to heal. Like, it just makes sense. In ballet, you don't just go to ballet randomly. If you want to get better, you have to go every week, <laughs> you know? So, um, so it was just too hard to maintain. And at the same time, um, you know, like I said, at the point, 2014, I was basically estranged from my family because of that life-threatening situation that happened to me. So even if I was really struggling with money, I really didn't want to go to them because, you know, 
because of that situation. Um, and I didn't make, and then even when I got my job at, as a ballet teacher, that I would just started, you know, I wasn't making that much money. So I just, and, and also, also I was doing better, the best I had ever had mentally, I think. And, um, you know, I wasn't, um, you know, the situation with that, that guy, I think I was maybe seeing him on and off. You guys know how it is. <laughs> you guys know how it is. Watch my, um, video called Boyfriends of the Zodiac. It was the Pisces. It was the Pisces. <laughs> but anyways, um, so, so I was in a much better place, um, with my eating, with my mental health, in my relationships. I mean, so, so I just kind of thought to myself, like, at, oh, at, so I thought to myself, like, maybe I can talk to my psychiatrist and, you know, I'm doing great. I'm doing great in a way, best I ever have in a way. Um, maybe I can stop taking these medications. So I told her that, and this was a new psychiatrist um, than the one I had in college. This was a new psychiatrist. And I mentioned it to her, and she said, absolutely not. She said, you have a chemical imbalance. You have to take these for the rest of your life. And just by that, I was like, oh, really? I'm taking that as go ahead and go girl. So I just said, okay. And I just never scheduled another appointment with her. And this was, this was, I think, August or September, 2014. So I still had some pills. I still had some pills. So just by that last, uh, visit to the visit to the psychiatrist um, you know with with you know my my parents in my head saying we're not going to pay for any of your therapy your medications your psychiatrist with that in my mind with me living on my own on like less than four hundred dollars um, you know a month that I was making Actually, I was making a little bit more because I also was working part-time for my dad's company. So I was actually making a little bit more. But my rent was $400. <laughs> my rent was $400. I'm... These medications, that's probably how much my freaking total to maintain that therapy medication, psychiatrist, that's as much as it was going to cost my whole entire money that I made working. At, at the dance studio. So I just thought, okay. And then the last piece of it was, well, I'm doing the best I ever have. So I thought to myself, you know what? I really don't need this. I don't have the support. I don't have money. And I'm actually doing really well. So I just took it into my own hands once again to take myself off of Advan, Lamictal, 
Prozac and the medication I'm not going to name. So I still had these pills with me, you know, whatever left over from the month, you know. Um, so just with those pills that I had left, I just decided with these pills, these are going to be my last pills I'm going to take, and I'm going to space them out, basically, you know, taper them. And I did that within the next month or two until I, I ran out, and that was it. And I didn't, I didn't have any negative reaction. I didn't have any of the things that happened the previous time when I had accidentally taken myself off of all my medications. I didn't have any of that stuff happen to me. I didn't have an emotional breakdown and cry for a week. I didn't stop taking care of myself. I didn't have a problem with my sleep. I didn't sweat profusely for again another week. It was like a regular regular schmegular day, a regular schmegular life. Nothing, I noticed nothing when I came off of those medications the second time around. And I really think it's because I was in a much better place psychologically, emotionally, mentally, physically. And also, I, you know, as, as much as you may have heard me talk about how I had to quit teaching ballet because I, you know, whatever reason, at the time, it served a great purpose to me. It gave me something to look forward to, to be excited about. I loved my job in the beginning. It saved me. It gave me a routine. It was physical exercise, it was social interaction, it was engaging for my mind. So, you know, I and plus I really think I was living in Claremont, which I have a podcast episode called Claremont, California. And I really believe it's a healing it's a healing place, that city. Um you know, and I you know, I it was a great time. It was a perfect cumulation of things. Now, I can't say, you know, you can do the same thing because I don't know your situation, you know? If you were to do the same thing, you might have a really bad experience like I did previously. So it's like, yes, this is my story and it worked out great, but it's like, that doesn't mean it's gonna happen the same way for you. And I only, I'm only emphasizing that because things, things can go really bad for you, you know? Um, but on the other hand, you know, if you do relate to that situation, like if you are in a good place in your life, if you do have other support, you know, it might be a good time to come off. I mean, honestly, I really feel like it's a good time to come off. <laughs> I mean, you've heard, you know how I feel about medication. I don't support it. I really don't support it. But, you know, you really need support. You really need to be in a good place. <sighs> There's a lot of things to it. So that's my story. Um, you know, if I think people want specifics, like how did you do it exactly? And... That's not, you know, just because I tell you how I do it exactly, 
that doesn't mean you need to do it that way. You know, like I, I kind of told you generally, I just spaced out, you know, the remaining pills. Um, and honestly, I, I can't really remember exactly how, but I just know that like, I just basically saw how many I had left. And I think I probably took like one pill every other day for maybe a week. And then after that, I think I, I think that's just what I did. I think honestly, that's what I did until I ran out. And it's like I had different, you know, different pills. So it's like, you know, I ran out of a certain pill first. So basically I ended this pill before I ended the others. You know, it's just, I can't really give you specifics, you know, because that happened a long time ago. And also I was on drugs. When you're on drugs, you don't think clearly. You don't remember things very clear. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my story. And I did it without a doctor. When all my other doctors said hell to the no, I said hell to the yes. I said, fuck you, bitches. You don't know shit. And even me, I didn't know what I was doing. And I, you know, you know, I'm still, I'm still not a fucking doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a therapist. But I'm doing things a different way. And I'm much better off than the people who are following their doctor's orders, who are in therapy. I know people that were in group therapy with me that still see a therapist, that still see a psychiatrist, and they're still struggling. And I'm not saying that to be like, well, look how bad they are, or like, look how good I am. It's just like, look at that system. If the system worked, and they kept on it and they're still doing not well and I left the system and I'm doing much better and I'm helping other people improve their quality of life. I mean, it's just like common, common sense, which way is better? It doesn't take, it doesn't take a scientist to figure that out. You just ask anyone what, who's, who was in the same situation? Who took this path? Who took that path? And where are they now? Very simple. So, yes, I hope you guys enjoyed this story. I hope that you are able to find a way to come off of medication in a safe way and I hope that it gives you hope that you can live without drugs you can live without a therapist you can live not only live thrive and it's not saying that you'll never be sad again and you'll never have situations come up again but 
you're free. You're not dependent upon a substance. You're not dependent upon a person. You're free. You can depend on yourself. You know what you need to do to be okay and to live your best life, to be happy, to be free. I am the Freedom Fairy. Thank you for listening. Peace.